We'll look at tonight and talk about five principles of prayer. I wanted to stay on prayer since we are in 21 days of prayer. And the idea of 21 days of prayer is just to give the first part of our year to God, to, to spend extra time focusing on Him. Uh, some people, you know, when they fast, I don't know if we have anybody in our church doing a full fast where you're just drinking water and juice, but a lot of people are fasting social media. Uh, some of y'all, some, probably some others, needed to fast social media. Uh, some of y'all have, have fasted desserts and sweets, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and just, just something that you love that you said, all right, God, I love you more. I'm going to put this down, and I'm going to focus on you. And so, uh, and so that's been a good thing. So we want to look at some principles that will help you in your prayer life. How many of you besides me need to improve your prayer life? Okay, and, uh, and so I think, I think we all need to do that. So we're going we're gonna to look in the book of James. That's the half, written by the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, James, his, his half-brother. Now, James didn't believe Jesus was who he said he was until after the crucifixion and resurrection. You remember he came to, to get Jesus out of a crowd one time with his mama. They were going to take him away. They thought he was crazy at that time. So, uh, but James later on becomes the leader of the church in Jerusalem, wrote the book of James. And, uh, and, and as you study James, you can, we're actually, we'll do a study on James this year sometime uh, you can see uh, some similarities between his teachings and Jesus on some of his sermons and stuff. But let's look at uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. And uh, let me just read this, and then we'll come back and make some, some points of this. And um, so, I, am I too loud? I'm not hurting y'all? Okay, good. So James said this, What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. And then he goes, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Don't you think the scriptures have, do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate about the spirit he has placed within us, that it should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves or submit yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. Now, James isn't a philosopher here, and he's not a, he's not a, a theorist. He's very practical. He's extremely practical, and we're going to pick some things out of here. But he shows us three different kinds of people here that pray, and so I want you to look at that. The, number one is the unasked prayer of the self-reliant person. That's the person that thinks, I can do this. You know, how many, you know guys are like that. We, we're fix-it guys. You know, we, we don't even listen to people when they have a problem because we're already thinking about how to fix it, you know. And, uh, and that's, that's, what he's, that's, a, that's what he's talking about here. And so that person doesn't ask 
for God's help. Look what James 4, 1 and 2 says. What's causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that were within you? So we're struggling with these desires. Then he says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. And then here's what he says. You don't have it because you don't ask God for it. So see, this person, we have these desires, and they're waging war within us, and, and we're wanting something we don't have or can't have, and so we... We scheme and try and figure out how we can get it and, and those kinds of things. And James says, look, you're doing all this stuff, but all you've got to do is ask the Father. All you've got to do is ask the Father. Jesus said it this way. He said, ask and keep on asking. He said, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. See, if we ask and just keep asking... God's going to give it to us eventually. That's God's plan. He never wanted you and I to try and do this stuff on our own. He never wanted you to live the Christian life by yourself. Matter of fact, you can't. There's a story about a little boy who was trying to move a huge stone, a big rock. And uh, he was trying to move this rock, and the daddy was watching him. And he's, he's trying to push, and he's picking up, and he's lifting, and he's grunting and groaning, and you know, and it, And the dad just looks at him and says, son, are you using all your strength? And the boy said, yes, daddy, I'm using all my strength. To which the dad replied, no, you're not, son, because you haven't asked me to help you. See, that's a picture of us with God. Too often we're trying with all our strength. But you need to know tonight that God is your strength. God is your source of strength. And all he wants is for you to ask him to help you. And God will help you. Let me ask you, if you ask God to help you with the problems you're facing today, if you ask God to help you with those, see, we need to (coughs) write this down. We need to quit trying and start trusting. You need to quit trying harder and start trusting. Start trusting God. Not only when you're you're trying it on your own, not only are you missing out on the great blessings by getting God involved, you're actually sinning. Look what Samuel said. He said, as for me, I certainly will not sin against the Lord by ending my prayers for you. Samuel is saying there that it's actually a sin if I stop praying for you. And, and so he said, I will continue <coughs> day and night. And so, listen, when God puts it on you to pray and you don't, you're sinning. And, uh, and, and he's wanting us to ask him. Paul said in Thessalonians, never stop what? Praying. You need to pray all the time. You need to pray while you're driving around this crazy city. I mean, if you're out in the east, they're shooting at people. If you drive Manhattan, they just drive crazy. And, uh, you know, and so you, you need to be praying all the time. But there's also sometimes you need to spend in some, some dedicated prayer. But, but uh, he says, never stop praying. Look what Jesus said. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should what? Always pray and never give up. And so we want to pray first. We don't want to pray last as a last resort. We want to pray first, and so we should always pray, and don't give up until you see God's answer. You know, uh, write this down. Prayer keeps you from falling into temptation. Prayer keeps you from falling into temptation. Jesus said this to his disciples when he was about to be executed, arrested and executed. He said, keep watching, pray, so that what? You won't give in to temptation. You see, how do we not give in to temptation? We pray. We spend that time in prayer with the Lord. 
He said, for the spirit's willing and the body's weak. We'll talk about that again in a minute. So the, the, that's, that's the first. We've, we've got the, the unanswered, the unasked prayer of the self-reliant. Now, the second one is the unanswered prayer of the selfish person. Probably most of us fall into that one, too, you know. You know, the, the, you have some folks that don't pray because they think they can do it on their own. Then you got the folks that are just praying for the wrong things with the wrong motives. You know, James said it like this, and when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. And then, uh, then he goes on and says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. So he's saying, listen, you're praying with the wrong motives. You're, you're like praying, gimme, 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 you know. James isn't saying it's not okay to have nice things. But when, what he is saying is when you put those nice things come between you and serving God, come between you and following the Lord and loving the Lord in your relationship, then that's a problem and your prayers are not going to be answered. He says you actually, when you become friends with the world, you uh, actually make yourself an enemy of God. You make yourself an enemy of God. And, and the Bible, when the Bible talks about the world, it's talking about our culture, the sinful culture we live in. It's not talking about the round globe. It's not talking about lost people necessarily. It's talking about the system of the world, this, this culture that we live in. And he said, if you're going to be friends with that culture, you're an enemy of God. James says, actually compares it to adultery. He said, you adulterers. Uh, you know, and, and so you think about it, Jesus is the bridegroom, the church is the bride. And if the church is following after another bridegroom, what is that? That's adultery. And, uh, and so he's saying this world is like a prostitute that's trying to steal your love away from Jesus. That's what our culture is. Our culture wants to do everything it can to steal your affection, your love, and your focus away from God. And, uh, and so that's what James is saying here. And, uh, and so when we flirt with the world, when we run with the world, when our ambitions, ideals, and desires are all that of the world, we set ourselves up to be at war with God. Now, now think about this. Suppose a worldly Christian comes to God with unconfessed, unrepented sin and asks God and says, God, I want you to bless me and give me strength. Well, should God do that? Do you think God will do that? Of course not. I'll just answer that in case you're too young in the faith to know. He cannot and he will not answer that prayer if you have unconfessed and unrepented sin in your life. It'd be like a woman who's cheating on her husband or vice versa. The woman comes to her husband and says, look, I need to take about $2,000 out of the bank because me and my boyfriend, we're flying out to L.A. this weekend, and, uh, and, and, and I just want to get that money. Do you think he's going to let her do that? Well, no, not if he's got any sense. Well, God's not going to let us do the same thing when we're living a sinful lifestyle, when we're living contrary to the way he wants us to live, he's going to say no. He's not going to say if I come and say, Lord, I need your strength, but I'm living for the devil, why would he give me strength to keep living for the devil? He's not. He wants full commitment. And so uh, you've, got, you've got the uh, unanswered prayers of the selfish person. The third person you see here is unhindered prayer of a spiritual person. That's the unhindered prayer of a Christian that's spiritual. That's, you know, your prayers, and listen, prayers ought not to be hindered. 
Prayers ought not to be hindered. It ought to be normal for God to answer your prayers. We shouldn't, you know, you hear people every now and then, I can't believe it. God answered my prayer. That should never be said. That should be normal. The abnormal thing should be God not answering our prayers. <clears throat> and so we need, to, we need to learn how to pray. So to help us with that, I want to go over five principles that I think will help, okay? Five principles that I think will help as far as us seeing answered prayers in our lives. Number one, we must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Just write that down. We must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. James 4, 5, he said, Do you think the Scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the Spirit He has placed within us should be faithful to Him. Listen, you've got a Spirit, and when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes in to live in your spirit, and He's saying He is passionate about us being faithful to Him. He's passionate about us being faithful to Him. He's placed in us a Spirit, His Spirit, and every person, matter of fact, every person that has the Holy Spirit of God living inside them, every Christian does, because look what Paul said in Romans. He said, you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit if what? You have the Spirit of God living in you. And then he says this, and remember, those who don't have the Spirit of Christ living in them don't belong to Him at all. So all y'all people listening, if you're here or if you're online, if you're scared of the Holy Spirit, guess what? If you accepted Jesus, He's living in you. He's living in you. He's a part of the Trinity. He's the third person of the Trinity. And so you've got the Holy Spirit. And he says, he has placed that spirit in you. And it's a jealous spirit that wants our devotion. And God doesn't put up with us being uh, unloyal in that way. Now, James is, is saying God's passionate that we should be faithful to him. And the Holy Spirit is put in you for this reason, to cause you to love Jesus more and more and more. Let me ask you this. Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to cause you to love Jesus more deeply? Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to draw you to a deeper relationship with Christ? See, when the Holy Spirit brings your heart's devotion to Jesus, when you yield to the Spirit in such a way that you don't quench Him, then you're to pray in the Spirit. Look what Paul said in Ephesians 6.18. He said, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And so he said, pray in the Spirit. See, praying in the Spirit is letting the Holy Spirit of God dictate your prayers. It's praying in the Spirit is letting the Holy Spirit of God lead your prayers. Praying in the Spirit is letting the Holy Spirit of God direct your prayers. It's, it's allowing Him to energize your prayers. It's allowing the Holy Spirit of God to move you to pray. Whether it's in, in the unknown language, a lot of people pray in a prayer language. And, uh, and so... It's allowing God to pray through you. The very first principle of prayer, then, is submission to the Holy Spirit. See, he makes, he makes, see, the Holy Spirit takes prayer out of being a duty to being a delight. To being a delight. Anybody, you ever find it difficult to pray? I mean, we go, we, it must be a lot of people because we have prayer at 6.30 on Saturdays. There's like four or five people here. If it wasn't hard to do, everybody would be here. But, you know, if, if you've ever had it found it difficult to pray, I mean, maybe, maybe do you have to drag yourself to pray? Oh, man, I've got to go spend 10 minutes in prayer. Pastor Robert said, I've got to do the first 15, so I've got I to pray for five minutes. And, and you pray for a while, and you think, man, I must be through with my five minutes, and 45 seconds went by, you know. And, and so, you're, you know, you're ready to, to go. And, and listen, 
You know why that is? It's because you're being controlled by your flesh. It's being controlled by the flesh. The flesh does not want you to pray. Remember what Jesus said to his sleepy disciples? Pray so that you won't give in to temptation. Then he said, for the spirit is willing, but the body's weak. Your flesh is weak. And, and the flesh doesn't want you to pray. So if you're a worldly Christian or a carnal Christian or fleshly Christian or, you know, and you find prayer to be a drudgery, you know. However, if you're a spiritual person, you'll find prayer to be fun. It'll be a delight when the Holy Spirit in you is free. So if you're finding it difficult to pray, it's because you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, it's because you're not surrendered to the Holy Spirit and to the Lordship of Jesus. And if you've not made Jesus your Lord... It's because there's unconfessed and unrepented sin in your heart and life. Maybe you've never committed your life to the Lord. Maybe you've, uh, maybe you've become enamored with the world and, and you've become guilty of spiritual adultery and you've, you've kind of slipped back. You've set yourself as an enemy of God and your prayers are not going to be answered. They're not. There's got to be sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and uh, who is jealously desires for you to be faithful and devoted to God. Let me ask you, is Jesus the Lord of your life? Do you love him with your whole heart? If you don't, we're going to give you a chance tonight to do that. The second principle, one, is, is you've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The second one is we've got to submit to the Father. You've got to submit to God. God doesn't speak to us just to have a conversation. He speaks to us to tell us what to do. He expects us to obey him. We must submit to the Father. Now, uh, James said it this way, and he gives grace generously. And the scriptures say God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So he says, humble yourselves before God or submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Listen, God resists the proud. So when you get all prideful, think you can do it on your own, guess who's going to come up against you? It's going to be somebody bigger than uh, Armstead for the saints. You know, It's going to be somebody that can really block you. Okay, he's going to come up against you because he opposes the proud, but he gives help to the humble. And I tell you, answered prayer is not for rebels. Answered prayers, it's not for people to try and, you know, uh, bend God's will to fit their will. Nor is prayer an exercise where we try and talk God into doing something that he wouldn't normally do. Where we try and talk him into approving something that we know he won't approve. Prayer is submitting your will to God's will. Prayer is submitting your will to God's will. See, the world got into a problem in the garden when, when the first man, Adam, said, not thy will, but mine be done. I'm going to eat this fruit. And then the second Adam, Jesus, in another garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, told the Father, not my will, but thine be done. Let me ask you, are you, are you willing to pray that way? See, Jesus, when he taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer, he said this, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are you willing to pray that way? Are you really willing to pray for God's will? Not mine, but yours, God? See, that's what he's looking for, submission. See, when God says, Hey, look, I got a question for you. He wants the answer to be yes before you ever answer a question. Are you willing to pray that way? Look at this promise, if you are. John 5, 14 said, And we're confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that what? Pleases him. So when you're praying and, and, and the closer you get to God, let me tell you something, your prayers change. 
You stop praying for the, for the new car and the six numbers that win you to Powerball and that kind of stuff. You, you start praying prayers that you know God is, is prompting in you. And he said, when you pray that way, He'll give you whatever you ask for that pleases him. See, most people want God to rubber snap their own plans. Okay, God, here's my plan. Uh, now bless it. That's the way we pray. It's their own desires, their own lifestyle. They don't want to wait for the Lord. They don't seek the Lord. Uh, they don't let God's word live in them, nor do they live in the Lord. So we just go marching into God. I've got my, I've got my shopping list of prayers I want him to answer. And then we're surprised, disappointed, and disillusioned when he doesn't answer them all. Let me tell you, God is not Santa Claus. God is not Santa Claus. And, and so uh, remember, prayer submitting our will to his. You've got to submit yourself to God. James 4, 7, again, submit yourself to God. And then the next part of that verse says, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So that's number three, is we've got to resist the devil. Now let me just tell you, a lot of people quote that verse, and they'll say, oh, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. If you forget the submit to God part, the devil will beat the snot out of you. I mean, he will beat you, he'll drag you, he'll defeat you at every corner. And you go, why can't, I, I thought Christians could defeat the devil. No, you hadn't submitted to God. You submit to God and he'll beat the devil for you. It says he'll flee from you. This verse, it also applies in prayer. How many of you know the devil will attack you when you pray, right? He doesn't want you to pray. Because you get your power from prayer. I mean, you might be trying to pray, and all of a sudden the kids get in a fight. You got children. You know, Susanna Wesley used to throw an apron over her head. She had like 20-something kids. I don't know how many she had. She had a bunch of them. And so she'd just put an apron over her face, over her head, and the kids all knew, mess with mama while she's praying, and we die. You know what I mean? It, it was just like, you know. Uh, but, you know, uh, the kids will fight. The phone will ring. Something will pop. You'll hear that ding, ding on your phone, and you just have to check it, you know. Uh, you know, your mind will wander. Anybody ever just like, you know, you're out here in the field with the flowers somewhere, you know, or you got a fishing line, or, or you're in a deer stand or something. You're praying, and, and God, where I don't know where that came from, and uh, Lord, I'm sorry, and then you, might, and then you start thinking about, well, I, need to, I need to hurry up because i got to cut the grass. i got to do this, whatever. I mean, the devil will attack you while you're praying. At least he does me. And so that's what he does. He'll try and distract you. Jesus said the devil's kind of like the birds that pick the seeds up off the path when the sower sows the seeds and, and birds come along and pick those seeds up. And there's, there's birds that's trying to pick seeds up tonight while I'm preaching. So back up here, all right? And uh, so, so get those birds off your trail right there. See, the, the devil can take thoughts out of your mind, but he can also put them in your mind. Look what... Look what John happened in John 13 too. It was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Who put the thought in Judas's mind? The devil did. Who puts those thoughts in your mind while you're trying to pray and do something? Stupid thoughts. Maybe evil thoughts or distracted. The devil's doing that. And, and so, um, you know, the devil doesn't want you to pray. He doesn't want you to connect with God. Why is that? The devil is afraid of your praying. The devil is afraid of your prayers. One pastor said one time, I believe that whenever we begin to pray, the devil says to his demon, stop him. Stop him from praying. Stop him. Boy, if he learns how to pray, he can beat us every time. 
But if we stop him from praying, we'll beat him every time. And that's, that's scary right there for the devil. He hates when we pray. See, the devil tells us at our church, he said, go ahead and enjoy your building, enjoy your meals, enjoy your services, enjoy your outreaches. You can do all of that as long as you leave the power of God out that comes through earnest and persistent praying that don't take no for an answer. Folks, we've got to be involved in some earnest and persistent and don't take no for an answer praying. Somebody said one time, the devil trembles when he sees the weakest Christian on their knees. Prayer is warfare. It's fighting. It's fighting the devil. Now, I don't want to scare you or discourage you, but I want to encourage you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to submit to God, and to resist the devil. Listen, here's the thing. John 4, 1 John 4, 4 says this, But you belong to God, my dear children. If you've accepted Christ, you belong to God. You've already won a victory over these people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit that lives in the world. So the devil has no power over you that you don't give him. The Holy Spirit in you has power and authority over the devil. So greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So submit to the Lord and resist the devil and that little dude will have to run away. Number four. Principle number four, we've got to separate from the world. This is a tough one sometimes. See, we've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We've got to submit to the Lord. We've got to resist the devil. But we've got to separate from the world. See, God called us to be holy and set apart. He, didn't, he doesn't want us to blend in. He wants us to look different. And, and so James says it this way. He said, come close to God and God will come close to you. So we've got to, we've got to move towards God. And, and guess what? If we're moving towards God, what are we moving away from? The world. We're moving away from the world. He said, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Listen, dirty hands and dirty hearts along with divided loyalty will get your prayers not answered. Sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from answered prayer. Don't think that you can... Have a lot of sin and willful sin in your life and go ask God to heal you of cancer or to heal you of deliver you from whatever and think he's going to do it because he's, he's called you to be holy. He's called you to separate from the world. Look what Isaiah said. The Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. It's your what? Your sins that have cut you off from God because of your sins he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Listen, when we sin, unrepented, unconfessed, un, you know, sin that we're intending to do, and confessing sin is not saying, God, I'm sorry, when you're intending to do it again. That's not confession. Confession is agreeing with God that what I'm doing is sinful and I want to change God. And so it's our sins that cut us off. God doesn't hear us. When we have unrepented sin. And I love it when people that are just living flagrantly sinful are trying to say, yeah, God answered my prayer. Yeah, you know, I didn't get arrested because I was driving drunk or whatever it was, you know. Hey, look, God didn't do that for you. God didn't do that. David said this, if I had not confessed my sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Even the sins we think that we have not acted on, 
David said, if I hadn't confessed those, the Lord would not have listened. So we've got to be different than the world. If you have in your heart, uh, you know, in life a division, a struggle going on between sin and righteousness, you know, are you trying to hold on to the world with one hand and God the other? If you're trying to do that, you've got to separate yourself from the world. Tell the devil that your affair with him is over. Wash your hands. Purify your hearts, which means repent and turn completely to God. That's what God wants. People sometimes say, God isn't answering my prayers anymore. And, uh, and so let me ask you, is your heart clean? Is your heart clean? You, you might say, well, I don't have any big sins. I, I mean, I hadn't stolen anything, hadn't killed anybody. Hadn't, you know, but you know what? You might be surprised how much those small ones will take from you. How much those little ones are costing. You see, it's the attitudes that cost us in prayer. James says to turn to God, purify your hearts, wash your hands. In other words, repent and turn completely to God. James 1.8, their, their loyalty is divided between God and the world. You can't do that. He says you're unstable in every way when you do that. And, uh, and then he says this in James 1.7, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. He doesn't want divided loyalty. He, listen, there's a difference between, hey, I like this, and Lord, I want to be over here, but Lord, I like this. And there's a difference between saying, oh, Lord, help me. I'm weak. I need your help. That's what he wants to hear. That's not divided loyalty. Divided loyalty is where you, you kind of walk in that fence, and you like it. Number five, look at this, the fifth principle. For getting your prayers answered. We've got to live with purpose. Uh, you know, this is, this is serious stuff. Sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. We've got to be sensitive to Him. We've got to submit to God. We've got to resist the devil. We've got to get separate from the world. We've got to live with purpose. Look what James 4.9 says. Let there be tears for what you've done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Aren't you glad you came to church tonight? <laughs> Humble yourselves, again, he says this, before the Lord, and he will lift you up with honor. It's another reason our prayers don't get answered is we just throw half-hearted prayers up there. Frivolous prayers. You know, soon forgotten prayers. A lot of people don't even remember what they prayed after they finished praying. You know, and, uh, but see, we never get hold of God. We never get hold of God and, 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 and intercede, really pray and plead and intercede got to get hold of God. I remember Charles Stanley talking about one time, he said he was praying, and he saw where God was going with it, and he wanted to go in Jesus' name, amen, but God wouldn't turn him loose. That's the kind of praying you need to get into. You can't go half-hearted. Prayers work. It involves brokenness, maybe even weeping. It's serious stuff. I mean, two people can't tell you what they prayed for. Listen, fasting is telling God that you mean business, and God wants people that mean business. Business is what he wants. I believe we're supposed to be filled with joy and we can be joyful even in prayer. But listen, there's stuff going on in our world that needs to bring some tears in prayer. I mean, look at the violence that's going on. Who wants to drive through New Orleans East? I had a, a police officer friend send me a video of a guy being executed in, in New Orleans East. I mean, the Times Picune had a video of a, a shooting on Elysian Fields. Violence. We need to, you know what's going to change that? God will change that. You can't put enough police out there to stop that. And we don't have enough jails, but it's going to be changing hearts. 
So we've we got to pray about that. The breakdown of families, secularism, a government that's just falling apart uh, in every way, pornography, human trafficking. It's a fancy word for slavery. We got rid of that years ago. But it goes on today with children and women in particular. That's a scourge against our culture. That's, that, that should drive us to our knees. Bondage to addiction. We've got people in our church fighting that hopelessness, suicides and overdoses. We need to spend some time in prayer. And it's serious stuff. We, we, we use that scripture that, where we talk about, you know, we're, we're standing in front of the gates of hell. You know, without a vision, people perish. Without a vision for evangelism, people are dying and going to hell. Folks, as Christians, we're in front of that gate, and our job is to catch as many people that are going towards hell as we can and turn it around and get them to heaven. Our job is to share the gospel, and and it'll start in prayer. Somebody one time said the church is is dry-eyed in a hell-bent world. The church got to get some serious praying going on. Uh, General William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, got a letter and said, General Booth, we need revival here. We've done everything. We've organized. We've prayed. We've done everything we know to do. And there's still no revival. What should we do? Well, he mailed them back a telegram and said this. Try tears. Try tears. Get on your face and cry out to God. Hey, let me ask you. This hits me too. When was the last time? I'm not a big crier. This is a Hallmark movie. But um, When was the last time you shed a tear for someone who's lost. When's the last time you shed a tear for that lost relative or somebody that's in bondage to the devil? See, we don't, we don't have to cry when they repent. That's the time for celebrating. When we realize where they're headed, we've got to cry out to the Lord. Look at this. James 5, 16. He said, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. But here's what I want you to see. The earnest prayer of a righteous person. Now, a righteous person is anyone who has invited Christ to come into their life. The Bible says Jesus takes your sinfulness and gives you his righteousness. In the spirit realm, you've been made righteous. He said the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So what, what is earnest prayer? Earnest, that in Greek, is, is like stretched out, like an athlete stretching for the goal line, just trying to get across. And it's the prayer that gets answered is that prayer that's just trying, that's stretching. That's an earnest prayer. It's a fervent prayer. A child of God who's, who's uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit and submitted to God and resisting the devil, separated from the world and living with purpose. Listen, you've got the unasked prayer of the person, of the self-reliant person. Let's don't be that guy. You've got the unanswered prayer of the selfish person. We don't want to be that person. We want to be that spiritual person that has prayers answered. And we'll have our prayers answered when we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, when we're submitted to God, when we resist the devil, we separate from the world, and we live on purpose. I want you to bow your heads. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus. Maybe while Chrissy's playing softly, if you're here tonight and you know there's things in your life that you need to separate out of, you can come back up to this altar and you can pray.